Hey, 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 what's up, everyone? Welcome to Four Sheets of the Wind. <laughs> Welcome to Four Sheets of the Wind. Four guys in four time zones. You're listening to America's Pod. How's it going, everyone? Uh, we are one man down. Uh, Rick is currently traveling, but uh, we're here with uh, Aaron Drake uh, in Santa Barbara and uh, Connor Thomas down in Austin. Boys, want to say what's up? How we doing? How's it going, guys? Um, just, uh, two quick items really quick. Uh, I want to give you guys an update on the t-shirts, uh, working on completing that order this week. Uh, and also, um, we're still looking for a summer intern. So, uh, if you're looking, <laughs> I, I hate this housekeeping shit. Why? It's, it's standard operating procedure. I know. Right? I know. I you got to get the word out. This is our biggest platform we, we have. Need, we need a summer intern. You're not going to get paid, but, uh, something you can throw on the resume. Please inquire via twitter or, or text email. us someone you guys probably <laughs> know us personally if you're listening to the show <laughs> if you're not listening if you don't know any of us personally uh hit us up on twitter at four sheets pod four spelled out or we're via, available via gmail four sheets to the wind four is spelled out but the number two is <laughs> the number two <laughs> It's an awful email. Yeah, it's it terrible. Hit us up, DM us, add us, email us, whatever. Slide in there. Uh, it would be great to get someone <laughs> on the pod if you're like, doesn't matter if you're one degree of separation, a total random who just happened to see us on like some podcast search or uh, what. All, all, all calm majors are welcome. We uh, we would love to. Ha- producer would probably get some spot minutes on the pod. You're in our. Uh, our group text, so that would be pretty fun. Uh, yeah, that's all we have to offer. Sloth, you want yeah, to introduce the, the first few, sh- the sheets that we got today? I do. I just want to give a quick shout out to some OG listeners of the pod, uh, Brittany and Natalie. So just want to say hey. thank you guys for listening to almost every episode. Um, <laughs> anyways. What so- up? <laughs> <laughs> What's so. up, Brittany and Natalie? <laughs> Four so, sheets uh, of the wind will be in Boston in uh, about a m- six weeks. So, oh, they know, they know. <laughs> hey, hey. Anyways, so let's get moving. Um, sheet one, we're going to be talking some NBA draft recap. Uh, essentially, our thoughts on picks. Um, sheet two, we're going to uh, talk some quick shop on some NBA free agency, and uh, we're going to finish up uh, with our third sheet, uh, which is you know World Cup. Um, finish up with our normal segment. So, uh, Aaron, want to kick us off? Yeah. So the NBA draft was last week on Thursday night. Started off with uh, the same way everyone expected. That was DeAndre Ayton going number one to the Suns, and then Marvin Bagley ended up being the second pick to the Kings. I think that's a bad pick. And then the big move of the night was the Atlanta Hawks at number three traded Luka Doncic to the Dallas Mavericks in exchange for Trey Young at pick number five and also their first round pick that is protected top five for next year. So how that works out basically for those who are not familiar with the NBA intricacies, the Mavericks, if they get picks one, two, three, four or five in the draft next year, they get to keep their pick. If it's anything later than that, Atlanta gets Dallas's pick. If they don't get their pick next year, then two years from now, it's top five protected again. So same thing. The year after that, 
it's top three protected. Um, so odds are that it'll be used at one of those drafts. Um, otherwise, it might turn into second round picks or go unprotected. I'm not quite sure about that. And then after rounding out the top five was Jaron Jackson Jr. going to the Memphis Grizzlies. And then uh, Mo Bamba going, no, sorry, Trey Young number five. And then Mo Bamba went number six. Some other big stories were uh, Michael Porter Jr. dropped all the way to 14th in the draft. People were scared about his medical uh, history. Oh, no way. Sloth picked <laughs> Michael Porter Jr. fourth in our draft. So in his defense, did say that he could uh, could possibly slide depending on the meds. He I said the medicals that. would be telling, and he, he slid. <laughs> the medicals, in addition to the fact that MPJ could hardly walk onto the fucking stage. So, I guess my reactions at first, I do not like this trade for the Hawks. It feels like you are giving up the better player, and you know. The eighth pick in the draft next year is not worth a potential franchise cornerstone. I'm, you know, Trey Young, that's his ceiling, but, you know, that's a, what, a 5 10% chance that he reaches that potential. I think Doncic is much more of a given. Trey Young could absolutely be a bust. So then you're, you know, if you draft a bust and then get a 10th round pick for, or a 10th pick in the draft for a potential superstar, I feel like that's just. You know, you're trading dollars for cents or whatever that fucking phrase is. Cents on the I mean, dollar? I don't know. One of those you're, giving up, you're giving up two nickels for a dime. Exactly. That, that's that's what I'm going for. No, I was, I mean, I, Dallas, absolute number one winner of the draft, I think. I'm, I think all, all four of us are extremely high on uh, Doncic. I think he's the only guaranteed franchise player in this draft. Um, some people say he's the mo- most sure thing in five years. So I think the price of giving a future first-round pick for that is well worth it. Um, and personally, I think of the four of us, I'm probably the lowest on uh, Trey Young's overall stock. So I think trading that guy for the play, a player I absolutely love, I think will be a perfect fit in Dallas. I think we said last week that of the top five, um, Dallas is definitely the place we want Dodgers to end up. Big personality, kind of a cool team. You can learn from, Dirk, learn from Dirk for a year or two, kind of pass the torch, and play next to Dan Smith Jr., I think it's an excellent fit. Um, Carlisle often has kind of two ball handlers in there. So oh. those two guys combined with a, with a Dan Smith Jr.'s athleticism, I think it's a nice uh, kind of franchise cornerstone to build around. And Carlisle's been gushing about Doncic since that pick, which means that, you know, he obviously – he's a smart guy, one of the better coaches in the league, I think, probably even top five. And I agree. The fact that he sees all of this potential and you know he's already just crafting up all sorts of ways to use this guy um, bodes well for him. It's a better situation. You've got a great veteran superstar in Dirk Nowitzki who's going to be able to help bring in. He also understands what it's like coming from a different continent, kind of help absorb the culture shock a little bit. And... Uh, can help Dennis Smith Jr. and Luka Doncic kind of learn the ropes of how to operate in the NBA, be a professional, make sure to get their work done, all that type of uh, cliche stuff that actually has some some importance and value. Uh, so I think it's going to be a good fit for Doncic. I'm 
you know, Dallas Mavericks fans should definitely be excited. I got to think that someone's going to end up going to Dallas and taking that the free agency money as well now. If I, if I was Capella, I'd take a long, hard look at that. If they added him do, to we, that do, we right want, do we want to wait for our free agency discussion to talk about this? Right, Connors is chomping at the bit. <laughs> I'm trying to talk Mavs, baby. No, I mean, I thought. I, I'm pretty much in conjunction with you guys. I think the the formation of the the triple D's over there in, in Dallas with uh, Dennis Smith, um, Dirk, and and Doncic is is is, is going <laughs> to be the nice. big three. The triple D's, dude. The same group if you're 25 years older than one of the. Did you guys see the stat that Doncic and Dennis Smith Jr.'s combined ages is less than Dirk Nowitzki's current age? I, I saw you, I saw Dirk quote tweeted that nineteen twenty and Dirk's forty something like that. Yeah, yeah, they're both combined for like thirty nine some and x amount of days, and he's forty and x amount of days. <sighs> Damn, yeah. with that. No, but in terms of fit, I mean, I, I really think you can. That's probably best. That might be the best fit of, of the first round. Oh no, um, no. And conversely, I'd probably say Aaron's boy Mo Bamba. I'd argue that's probably the worst. Uh, like scenario, he could have ended up in a, a utterly rudderless franchise in Orlando. Really, no one that can get their own shot. Um, too many bigs, not enough ball handlers, no true point guard there. Like, I think Bamba can be a good player, but he, he's not like an offensive centerpiece. Yeah, it's no. a tough fit. What's good for Bamba though is that he's got Steve Clifford is coming in as the head coach in his first year, and he's a very well respected defensive coach. So, you know, maybe in his first couple of years, if Bamba can just become a defensive stud and then the offense comes in a little bit later, that that seems like it could be his best case scenario. But I agree. Coming into a situation where he's going <laughs> to – you good, Sloth? <laughs> yes. It's just like you just nutted or something, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, but – I agree. Mo Bamba is not going to come in and be a guy you can run your offense through. I think he g- could be someone who's good, uh, you know, operating a pick and roll or pick and pop type of thing with a dynamic point guard. But as Connor Ooh. just said, there's nothing in Orlando that makes you think that that's going to happen. It's not like him and Aaron Gordon are going to be running fucking pick and rolls together. Don't Jameer sell, Nelson, that, don't sell did, that Sheldon Max stock just yet. Oh, God. Is Jameer Nelson still available? Jameer Nelson, I'll walk you through those doors. Oh, oh, for Nelson. I am a little worried about just Bamba being on such a fucking shitty team that it's going to really stun his development, especially on I the could, offensive I, side. I could not agree more. I'd yeah. Be, on a scale of one to ten, that's a fucking that's a one. Like that's just an awful situation. I think. I think if he ended up anywhere else in the top ten, I'd like his chances far better to uh, succeed in his first few years. I agree. Man, I think there was two. Just going back to the whole Trey Young thing and with the with the Hawks, I don't think they made out terribly. I think if they really, th- I mean, like Aaron said, like they're aiming or they're banking on on Trey, you know, kind of reaching that superstar ceiling. Essentially, they think Trey Young's better than Luka Doncic. That, oh, yeah, I mean, it's a huge ga- it's a huge gamble, yeah. but I, I mean, I, I can definitely see how teams could see Trey Young's ceiling being. Substantially higher than Doncic's. Substantially, wow. I don't know about substantially. I could see a higher ceiling, but I don't know. I don't think so. But I could see how someone would think that. I don't know about substantially, yeah, no, no, no. though. Okay, maybe not substantially, but I, I mean, I, I think it's a decent. His ceiling is a, a bit higher, 
a bit higher, especially, uh, I mean, who's their, uh, who's their GM or Travis Schlenk? Yeah. Wasn't he, wasn't he, wasn't he with golden state? Yeah, he was. The idea is they floated around as he's building like a, a warriors 2.0 by drafting Trey young to Steph Curry and then Kevin Herter to be clay Thompson. Those seem like two, uh, decent stretches. Yeah, dude. Yeah. They seem like good knockoff versions. Bad, bad knockoff. China clay. You're drinking. You're drinking like the basic Albertsons Shasta lemon lime soda versus Sprite. You know, you're you're crushing some Doctor Thunder, not Doctor Pepper. (laughs) Yes, that's that's a better one. What uh, what was I gonna say? Um, I am worried about the draft next year. If at least from what I've read, that it's not supposed to be a stellar draft. Well, that's what I'm that, saying. You know. I think, I don't know, getting a, uh, what's a, what's that pick they got? Top five protected? Top five protected, yeah. yeah. So y- you think you got, or you got the player you thought was better and you got a top 10 pick potentially next year. Um, you know, I don't think they necessarily lost the trade, but we'll see, uh, you know, in a couple of years. Well, realistically, you can't really judge if, who won or lost. I think it just depends on what's your opinion of Doncic and what's your opinion of, Trey Young today, and then we'll go from there. Right, yeah, exactly. I think for the for the three of us right now, we all think Dodgers is a, a far superior prospect. Yeah, so I gotta say, I got the Dallas is a bit, big winner here, and we'll give I guess an incomplete grade to uh, Atlanta. I'd say uh, the other winners of the night, I would have to say, is Denver. Honestly, um, I I'm think a big fan of that dice roll. You know, at pick number fourteen, that's where you take your swings. Um, Denver's already a good team. They probably would have drafted Zaire Smith if it weren't Michael Porter Jr. Who he's got some serious upside. Also, um, we'll see how that plays out. But Michael Porter Jr. in theory is in a, a perfect addition to this um, Denver Nuggets team, where they don't really have any great wings. Um, Gary Harris is kind of their best wing at this point, and at least in terms of their young core, but. Him and Jamal Murray are both pretty small. They can't really be guarding like those, the Kevin Durant's, Kawhi Leonard's, LeBron James types. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael Porter, in theory, could do that. He's 6'11. He can shoot from three. He's a guy that you can probably run your offense through, um, especially in tandem with Jokic. So I like that value for them personally. If it doesn't work out, and Porter just plays 200 games his whole career, then you know what? So it was 14th pick in the draft. There's not like an insanely high hit rate on those picks anyways. So you go for the upside, I think. Definitely best risk in the draft. Completely agreed. I was shocked to see him get past two, two straight picks for the Clippers. That really seemed like that was going to be his, his uh, floor. Especially – Michael Porter Jr. is a Seattle guy like Steve Ballmer. Ballmer had been watching Porter in high school the last two years. He was really hyped about this guy for a couple years, and I'm surprised that he passed him up. Jerry West is typically a guy who loves potential superstars also. So, you know, you'd have to think Jerry West didn't see what he wanted to see from Michael Porter Jr. in workouts. It's got to be the back, that, or it's got to be the that, that medical history. That's... Mm-hmm. I heard a report that, like, the, was it the day before the draft or something? His agent was finally like releasing the reports, trying to get people to be less scared of it. But it seemed like, like too little, too late. 
Also, what do you guys think about the quotes that he had saying he was basically KD, but he liked to go back guys down and play more physical than KD. And he was also like Giannis, but he shot more than Giannis. That's a little absurd, honestly. It's just, it's, I think it's too much. Like, I, I heard teams do like his uh, confidence. How, competitive he, how competitive he is, but I think that's a little bit too much comparing yourself to three – Hall of Famer. Oh, I guess Giannis might not be. Is not a Hall of Fame lock. Hall of Famers are just really fucking good players. Like, yeah. In one sentence, I think it's a little, uh, little braggadocious. I, yeah, I think it shows a lack of self awareness. You know, like, let's let's just let's play more than five NCAA games before that. Does, that doesn't sound like a guy who's going to come in and put his know, head down really, yeah work really hard because he knows there's still a lot left that he needs to improve on you know and, but the fact that we're gleaning that off like one quote like one sound bite he's had multiple yeah. quotes like that though really where, like, heard, he said just... he has like like people have asked him like oh what he needs to work on and he'll be like i'm all like i already think i'm the best player blah blah, blah and like doesn't really talk about like areas of improvement really mm-hmm I think in five years, though, we can look back and if, let's say he does end up playing. This could be a thing that really helped him out. The fact that he dropped 14 spots instead of going second overall. Sure, was a reality easy. slap in the face. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. A little, little splash of cold water, getting back in the gym, taking down a peg. So ultimately, this could be a, could be a good thing for him. Um, I was a little surprised to see the Knicks pass on him. I get the fans were chanting for him. Yeah, I was a little surprised at that also. Um, Kevin Knox, though, had been linked to New York a decent amount. Kevin Knox is a guy that I'm pretty torn on. There's some guys that I really trust who hate Kevin Knox. And, like, I even saw one guy – wait, no, never mind. That was for Jerome Robinson. But there's some guys who had Kevin Knox in, like, the 30s on their rankings. Then there were other guys that I really respect who – had him in, in like their top 10 and we're not surprised at all to see him go to the Knicks at nine. Um, so I'm, I'm torn on how I feel about this guy. It seems like the analytics community is, does not like Kevin Knox, but Nerds. the respect, <laughs> but the guys who are still smart, not typically people who I'm going to be honest. I don't really trust anyone who just absolutely dismisses analytics, but the guys who are more of like the um, a blend. Yeah, the eye test type of guys, the blend kind of guys, they were very high on Kevin Knox and I got KOC, probably one of my favorite guys in there in that mm-hmm. uh the blend. Like I don't think he uses stats obviously, but he's not a stats only guy. And he said he was one of the biggest risers he saw throughout the course of yeah. like just doing his research. I know I, did- I watch a few Kentucky games this year, probably really only college basketball team I, I watch any of. During the regular season, and Knox was, I thought, probably the best player on that team. Better like than carried, Shea Gilgis Alexander. Uh, close. I mean, obviously, very different prospects, but he carried the offensive load a lot for them in a team that was pretty like disorganized a lot of the time. It felt like mm-hmm. I think he fits pretty well with their current core of uh, let's hope Zinger gets back healthy, and then Frankie Smokes isn't really an offensive force, more of a he's, I mean, he's a good defender. What'd so you I call him, Frankie Smokes? Frankie Smokes, Frankie Nicotine. Hey, you've never heard Frankie I've, I've Smokes. I've never heard that. It's funny. Oh. Yeah, I think Kevin Knox is the almost what you'd like craft up in a lab for your four. A guy who can shoot threes. He's six nine. Mm-hmm. He could possibly even play a little center if you wanted to go really small. 
mm-hmm. um, can has some dribble and passing ability, but there's a lot of evidence out there that says that he's not actually an efficient three point shooter. He's actually not efficient with his shot selection, all of that. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, but I like SGA too. So SGA ended up on the Clippers. Um, a lot of guards on that team, but you got to think they'll probably move some pieces around. Mm-hmm. I thought Miles Bridges kind of fits better with the Clippers, to be honest. Than Charlotte? Then, then, no, than Shea Gilgis-Alexander does. They originally had drafted Miles Bridges and traded him for uh, okay, gotcha, SGA. Gotcha. I was going to say, Miles Bridges and Charlotte makes a lot of sense. MJ loves his uh, Big Ten power forwards. Who else? Kaminsky? You got Frank Kaminsky. Um, who's the one of the one? Zellers? Has he drafted one of the Zellers? Yeah. Um, what's his name? Is it Cody Zeller? Tyler? Cody? Cody. Cody. It was Cody. It's Cody. But did he draft them or is he just on the team? Couldn't tell you. <laughs> you know, he drafted a fourth overall in 2013. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Well, MJ seems like kind of a shit owner, let's be honest. <laughs> um, what do you guys think of, uh, I think. Well, I guess we're just marching down the list. I think Jerome Robinson was one of the shittiest picks of the night at 13 by the Clippers. I don't know what the hell they were doing with that, especially when Michael Porter Jr., Zaire Smith, guys like that were still on the board. Um, wait, if we're going on a list, we missed out on like, Three teams. Yeah, but no, we don't necessarily have to hit every team. Yeah, we don't just, have to hit everyone. I'm trying to hit the Cavs. I'm trying to see what, what, what you guys think. Okay, about. We yeah, yeah, that, skip the Cavs. That, pretty, yeah, pretty, pretty big considering uh, some of the implications. One, yeah. um, right, get your get your Cavs hits in, Slav. All right, all right. Thank you. I'm like a. I don't know. I'm, let's do it. Let Let's do it. Without <laughs> <laughs> the final, me, me and you, let's do it. <laughs> Why yeah, that, that, yeah, that Wait, was. What? Oh, the time about Colin Sexton. Yeah, he's like, LeBron, let's do it. What a plea! What a plea! I'm sure LeBron is. LeBron is itching to come back. Yeah. Well, dude, poor. I mean, think about if you're in Colin Sexton. I. It's not like he knew that that question was coming. No, I, I know, and then he just gets just... put on the spot, and he's like, dude. Like, obviously, LeBron's gonna see that and like judge him off of that, and like yeah. what? Like, I want to know what I would say. I'd be like, yo. LeBron, let's fuck up the East. Let's fucking <laughs> murder let's Kyrie. Let's this league. <laughs> um, let's send, let's no. send Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward back to the hospital. <laughs> he's a big, big, great guy. Um, I think, honestly, I feel like he's almost like a, a little more athletic Dion Waiters. What? No. He can't shoot. Well, Dion can't really shoot either. But the dude's yeah, a bulldog that's who gets the rim. Wasn't Dion drafted to be a shooter, not a bulldog who gets the rim? No, he's like yeah, a Kobe-like player. Just I don't really see Colin that Colin Sexton is not Kobe whatsoever. No, I'm just saying that he's a guy who can get to the rim. He can, you know, anything within 15 feet of the basket, he's pretty money. Not a great <laughs> three-point shooter. Uh, but his free – I don't know, he, he shoots almost like 80% from the free-throw line. So I feel like his shot's not terrible. And maybe that's something that can get a little better in the the next few years, but um, I don't know. Shooting who else. from besides MPJ, I don't think I would have picked anyone else at eight. Would you rather had SGA 
Or do you prefer Sexton? I, pre- I prefer Sexton. I'd rather have SGA if I was any team, pretty much, I think. Collins, I mean, you said he shoots from 15 feet out. Like, you have to shoot like 55, 57% or something like that from that range to make it equivalent to um, shooting like 34 or 33% from three, which is like a very low three-point percentage, but a very high mid-range percentage. Those shots are just like insanely inefficient. And so if that's like a guy's bread and butter, unless he's like Chris Paul levels good, then it's just a bad shot. And you know, no, that makes you're, sense. You're a bad player, honestly. Like, I mean, you're just taking bad shots consistently, you're not you're not a good player, I don't think. And he doesn't really pass. He can't shoot from three yet. Maybe he'll improve. Uh, I guess we got to give him the benefit of the doubt, at least in the first couple years, to see if he can move to extend to three point range. But I, I don't know. I just I don't like. That Colin Sexton pick. I'd rather have Shea Gilgis Alexander. At least Gilgis Alexander is like six five and yeah, it has good length. He can pass. Um, he does more things than Colin Sexton does. The Cavs just drafted Colin. The Cavs even said it right after the draft that what they there wasn't any one skill that they loved by Colin Sexton. They just thought he was like hardworking and gritty or whatever the fuck they said. Yeah, they keep hyping up his 4.0 engineering average and shit like Fantastic. that. Once one semester at Alabama, that's what we're drafting as far as this fucking engineering degree. <laughs> like, yeah, I think that stuff's like I I like having a smart guy, but like. From a skill set perspective, I would Yeah, I mean, from what I've read about him is they think he's like probably – he was probably one of the best true point guards in the draft. And so it makes sense either someone that can – like a, a point guard that can play alongside LeBron or just a point guard you can build around. Um, I don't – what does he do alongside LeBron though? I think he's a terrible fit next to LeBron. Yeah, I mean, he can't shoot. <laughs> you just said he's a good fit next to LeBron. No, I'm saying that – this is what – I think the Cavs were 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 thinking this was their thought process, but if they think that, then they're just got bad people running the organization. Honestly. I mean, I don't think they have great people running the organization. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why are we giving him so much credit? Is Kobe Altman still the GM? Yep. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Time will tell, but I don't think we're the biggest uh, Colin Sexton guys I mean, at the moment. Yeah. Honestly, I'd rather have Kevin Knox than Colin Sexton. There's like five guys who went after. Uh, it seemed like it I'd seemed like have. most. It seemed like most. Um, I don't know, like uh, post draft rankings. You know, it seemed like they favored the Cavs a, a fair amount. Like they didn't really grill them for the pick. Well, people also loved De'Aaron Fox last year. I still think still Fox like, could, I still think Fox could be decent, honestly. It, dude. I've seen multiple guys who have like their own who guys I really trust who have their own proprietary uh like all encompassing statistics and a lot of those guys had De'Aaron Fox in their bottom five in the entire league last year. Really? Yeah. Tough was a ter- yeah. And granted, rookies are usually at the bottom of those lists. And uh, point guards are pretty tough place to transition into. Yeah. Point so, point in the West. That's why I say I typically try to say for a, like a point guard like that, give him two years really, especially guys who can't 
shoot coming into the league. You got to give him there's the their rookie offseason, which I feel like is tough to improve unless you're like Donovan Mitchell or Jason Tatum. And then there's just so much going on. They've got summer league. They're adjusting to the league. They have the draft. All they're moving to whatever city they got drafted to. All that stuff is just going on. I feel like it's a little more difficult to improve during the season. It's tough to spend the time improving a skill. No, just improving your skills is difficult during the season because you're traveling so much. You're playing games every day. You're you know learning the systems, all that kind of thing. You're scouting opposing teams. So give them that first offseason after their rookie year, and if they don't improve their shot after that, then it's kind of I, – I start to lose hope. So if De'Aaron Fox doesn't make big improvements in this year, like I'm selling. I'm, I'm already selling De'Aaron Fox stock, to be honest. Yeah. I'll say I got him as a hold, I suppose. You know, the guys who prove that theory wrong are guys like Mike Conley. He couldn't really shoot coming into the league, ended up being able to shoot later on in his career. Jason Kidd was the same thing. Um, so it happens, but it's just kind of fewer and far between. I think typically you see guys who improve their shooting from college to the pros are usually pretty quick. Like Jason Tatum wasn't a great three-point shooter in college, was a great three-point shooter his first year in the league. Kyle Kuzma was not a great three-point shooter in college, was a great three-point shooter his first year in the league. Kawhi Leonard wasn't a good three-point shooter in college, was a really good three-point shooter within his first couple years. Um, So we'll see. Yep. Um, Let's see, anything else hit on this first round? Uh, What do you guys think of the Suns-Sixers trade? So initially, I thought it was a great trade for the Suns. I think Mikel Bridges is a better player overall than Zaire Smith, probably a little less upside, but I think a much higher floor. Um, and I was like, all right, a 2021 first round pick. All right. That doesn't seem crazy. After learning more of the details of that trade, they're trading the Miami heats 2021 first round pick unprotected. And Miami is not – they're a well-run franchise, so who knows. But they're also not exactly set up for success in three years. Um, so who knows what that pick is going to be. Having it unprotected is always just a little dangerous, I think. So I think that was a great trade for the 76ers, getting a guy with more upside and an unprotected first-round pick. That, that's a good trade. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I guess Brett Brown in his, uh, in his post – was it like Prescott's recap said that Zaire is basically their one B. So they had, they had, I think they had McCall bridges and Zaire graded pretty similarly. So to pick up an asset like that. And I guess, I guess why people think this 2021 trade um, pick could be so valuable. It's the first year that potentially high schoolers could be in the draft. So it could be a kind of like a double whammy situation where you you're the draft like pool. Not only includes the, those one and done guys. From True. The, the year That's before, a really but, good point. But also, but the high schoolers, so it's almost like you have the say you have a top five. So the tenth overall pick could be the equivalent of the the fifth overall pick in a in a prior year. And so the lottery system's changing, so like even if Miami finishes sixth or whatever, they'll still have equal odds to get the number one pick. Mm-hmm. So I think just the, the amount of uncertainty that comes with that pick to move up six slots, I don't think made that much sense for Phoenix, especially considering they're nowhere near being in a win mo- win now mode. So I think pick them a veteran like. 
like Bridges a veteran <laughs> comparatively guy hasn't like, played a minute in the NBA <laughs> and Connor's calling him a veteran already compared, <laughs> to, compared to the rest of the league like I think you want to draft like a 22 year old guy you're expecting to come in day one and, and be productive I'd rather I'd rather roll the dice with someone like Zaire Smith who can I mean he's the same age he's a really young guy same age as Aiden we're not gonna, they're not going to fucking win more than 30 games next year anyway like unless you really think that Bridges is a far superior prospect to Smith which I don't necessarily think he is, then I don't really understand where Phoenix is coming from. It felt to me like a pick where the GM made it because he, he's saying, fuck it, I'm probably not going to be here in 2021 if this shit doesn't work out. So I'm going to get the guy I want, which seems a little bit reckless. But I guess we'll see how these uh, how these rookie years turn out. Well, that's just the intrinsic value of having a stable franchise, right? You don't have guys doing reckless picks like that for job security. Mm-hmm. They're planning five years. Ten, they have a plan for right now, a plan for in five years, a plan for in ten years. Exactly. Um, so other highlights, do we want to talk about the Lakers picks? Uh, yeah, so I, was, I was very disappointed. I was shocked to see Rob, Bobby, Will- Bobby. Bob Williams. I, I heard he doesn't like to be called Bob, actually. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's a Celtic, why so would you assume, assume people like you're, everyone who doesn't know what Connor's talking about? He's talking about Robert Williams, friends the center Bob, out of Texas A&M. <laughs> yeah, friends call him Bob, but I was Bobo. shocked to see him available at 25. I thought like I was from like pick say 16 on or so. I was just waiting for someone to draft him and hoping that he'd be available at 25. For me, I think the Lakers what we needed was an athletic center who could rim run a little bit, play above the rim, and that's literally what like Williams projects as so to have him on the board at 25 and then passing him for Mo, Mo Wagner, um, kind of a, I guess a stretch four essentially out of Michigan. He'll play five. I think. See, I like that pick for the Lakers. Do tell. I mean, I feel like, I mean, good three point shooter. Uh, I think the Lakers could, I, I think, I think you, you are right though. They do need, you know, rim running center, but, um, weren't the Lakers a pretty poor three-point shooting team last year? Yeah, they were one of the worst in the league. Yeah, so, I mean, it doesn't Definitely hurt adding a stretch four or stretch five who can shoot threes. Uh, just from a value perspective, though, I thought – like I've heard Williams could have been a, a lottery pick, it seems like. A lot of people on this big board had him 12 to 17 range. Didn't you shit on Williams for missing his uh... – well, I was just – I was well, playing was, devil's advocate. subsequently also. I was, yeah, that was also the day after, but – I guess if he, if this guy is a total shithead, I think the Lakers are trying to draft like high character guys. So maybe that maybe that was that was kind of their thinking. But I would have rolled the dice on Robert Williams. Honestly, I think he's what well, a what they needed, and b was by far the best value at twenty five. And I think Wagner could have been available at their next pick at thirty nine. Also, I don't think that's out of the question. If you thought like that high of him, yeah. Yeah, but there's a thing where you want to get the guy. You like yeah, you don't want to leave it to chance. Not, not the guy who has more value, quote unquote. Um, okay, fine. I, I think they like the wrong guy because I'm very high on Robert Williams. I, I'm I'm generally high on Robert Williams. Also, the fact that he couldn't even make his introductory press conference call the next morning is kind of like a a red flag where it's very immediate and in your face. Like, all right, well, this is why they didn't draft this guy because clearly he's a shithead. Mm-hmm. Was you know, we're, I'm going to assume that he was just out partying late and that's why he 
his sister apparently had to wake him up and let him know that he had this conference call that he was an hour late to. Celtics are claiming it was a miscommunication because of time zone differences. I'm sure it was. As guys who deal with four time zones on the regular, it's not that confusing. <laughs> we're, we're experts in time zone communication, honestly. We're four guys in four time zones. That's our shtick. So, yeah, I think Mo Wagner, clearly the Lakers had an emphasis on shooting in this draft, drafting Mo Wagner and Shfi Michaela out of Kansas. Both of them are really, really good shooters for their position. And the Lakers had some of the worst shooting in the league, especially if they end up with LeBron. That's generally just a good offense is putting LeBron with shooters, regardless of what their other skills are. Why, why do you do this to me? I mean, well, we're not doing anything to you. Check the check the Bavada odds and no, I know. I mean, I'm just I know. I'm just thinking like the Lakers are definitely planning for that. And then even if and if because if they get LeBron and or Paul George, they have to fill their roster out with cheap guys, aka rookies. Yep. Um. So they have to build through the draft that way. So I think there was a little bit of an emphasis for the Wagner pick, like a guy that we think could actually contribute. Now there's uh. I got to plug Tim Krangis. He's Krangis McBasketball on Twitter. If you're a Lakers fan, 100% you should follow this guy. Really, really smart analyst. And he really, really likes the Mo Wagner pick. So that was reassuring to me because I was feeling much like Connor. Um, Initially, I was hoping for Robert Williams. And then, of course, once the Celtics get him, he becomes Bob Williams. And fuck that guy. He's a party animal degenerate who can't win with. but so, yeah, so I think that's uh, all my draft thoughts. Anyone else have any draft thoughts or should we move on here? We kind of broached the free agency conversation at the end of that anyways. What you- yeah, let's, let's jump in a, free, a couple free agency takes. No Langelo Ball takes from from either of you? I have zero no, interest in talking about Langelo Ball. <laughs> Agreed. I just saw the Lakers like told them they're not going to add him to the summer league team. I'm I'm all for yeah, that. Definitely. Well, I mean, Lonzo won't be on the team for much longer, so yeah. I don't know about that, okay. but I'm calling it. You think with LeBron? You think of LeBron's there? Lonzo's yeah, leaving. One hundred percent. I think that's a little that overblown, personally. Yeah, I, but well, I read they could try and go get Kemba. I've seen that also. Or Dame. I've seen people float out Damian Lillard. I have no idea if that's substantiated or if people are just going on the trade machine or what. But I've, I have seen that multiple times too. I feel like it's more, too. more of that. There's the idea that, that Portland might want to move away from one of their two guards. I feel like I keep, keep seeing McCollum's name come up, come up also in just random I, trade ideas. I was really hoping the Cavs would go get McCollum. He's a Cleveland guy. Is he oh, really? Yeah. Where'd he go? He went to Lehigh? Yeah, he went to Patriot right? League, baby. <laughs> um, no, but yeah, CJ McCollum's from Cleveland. Big okay. Browns fan. I'm coming home. He gets us. He <laughs> gets us. All right. So, I mean, what makes you think, Alex, that Lonzo's 100% gone? Obviously, that's a popular take, but what? why do you personally think I mean, that? with the whole, like, Lonzo and Kuzma just being immature – um, and the whole thing with LeVar and LeVar talking about LeBron's kids and, you know, LeBron doesn't like that very much. I, I could see, I cannot see LeBron 
spending a season with LeVar Ball. And I think that's what comes with playing with Lonzo. I just don't, I think that's going to be the, one of the main caveats. I just don't see any way around it really. I think LeBron likes Lonzo personally though. So that's one thing, one reason that would contradict that. Obviously I understand every point you just made Uh, a lot of, a lot of people feel the same way. I just think LeBron also is smart in terms of. I think Lonzo's a really, really good fit personally to play against LeBron. Lonzo's a real. People think Lonzo's bad at shooting, but his catch and shoot three point numbers were really good in his rookie year. And that's what he, the looks he's going to get when he's playing with LeBron versus when he's running the offense like he was his rookie season. Um, he can switch on to a lot of different uh, players on defense. He's got really good length, really, 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 really good defender yeah, already. I think he's a great fit next to LeBron, no doubt about that. I just – So I think – How do you, how do you keep LeVar Ball – How do you keep LeVar Ball from – You just got to shut him I mean, fuck up. LeBron himself is a fucking walking, surf, walking circus. Like – yeah, that's at, at some point, like noise is Le- LeBron noise. has the respect mm. at least. Like you know, it's like Levar Ball is out here just fucking running his mouth. Uh, yeah, different, I mean, circuit, different media I, circus. I think one hundred percent. I, yeah, it's different because it's and then a, it's not a on player, LeBron, like I, the circus is, or the media attention isn't on LeBron or the Lakers per se. It's on Levar Ball. And I feel like that that was a lot of the Lakers season last year, especially with them not being, you know, typical Lakers. I actually thought it, it started off that way. And then I thought like the whole second half of the season, LeVar was a total non-story. That, As a guy who follows that, the Lakers day in, day out. LeVar. Good job of shutting him down. I think Jeannie Buss put out some statement or something. Because they initially were they kind of questioning Luke as a coach, and then yeah, he had a quote out there about like Luke lost the team. That's a pretty and big that thing to middle. say, though. That's not like a something you just and then and then exactly, and that was a big thing. And the Lakers, I think, stepped in at that point, and then after that, Lavar literally was out of the news for the entire year, except for when it became draft season and he started hyping up LiAngelo Ball. And obviously that's just him trying to get him drafted. Mm-hmm. And it's not like LeVar's come out and said the Lakers are stupid for not inviting LiAngelo or anything like that. So I think LeVar's a little bit of a of a overhyped story in the national media, whereas the last six months of the regular season, he was kind of a non-story. I feel that. I mean, I just hope I, – I mean, I I ultimately think LeBron does go to L.A. And I would actually really like to see Lonzo play with LeBron. I love the guy out of college, and I, like you said, I think he has some good defensive potential and, um, you know, being a – Not even potential. He's yeah, already yeah, yeah. a great defender. You no, know, no, totally get that. Um, but, yeah, I'd love to see him play, yeah. play with LeBron. And that, in terms of having a cheap contract, um, mm-hmm. it makes a lot of sense. So, I mean, if Jeannie can – Kind of put her foot down and just tell Lavar to to shut up. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I think that could work. Yeah, we'll see. I may, I'm probably just wishful thinking on that one because I'd really like to see Lonzo and LeBron work out, but we'll see. Yep. Connor, any thoughts? Uh, I guess we'll, we'll just see how it plays out. I mean, I think I think they fit well together. It's, it's kind of also just up to LeBron. Does he want to? Uh, 
kind of deal with that with the circus or will he put basketball first and think he can kind of control Lakers and himself can control LeVar. So, mm-hmm. um, a bit to that. And honestly, also just depends, like, will the Spurs make a deal with us? If they can't make a deal with us, then I think he just plays with Lonzo, plays with Ingram, plays with Kuzma. Well, I don't think – I think the Kawhi ship has almost sailed, to be honest, on the Lakers. I think it's more likely they trade – Lonzo for like what Alex said, like a Kemba Walker or maybe a try and get a one of the Trailblazers point guards um, or guards, not not necessarily point guards, mm-hmm. um, or someone kind of like maybe even try and get Kyle, a Kyle Lowry or something like that. Um, John Wall, I don't know, somewhat, you know, some other point guard out there I, I could see them going for mm-hmm. regardless of, you know. I don't. I'm not sure Kawhi's on the table anymore. I guess is what I'm saying. Because mm. for for the Lakers to be able to get Kawhi and LeBron and still have space for free agents, I, the Kawhi would have to come before they sign free agents, I believe. And Clock so that that means it would have to happen this week. And it doesn't seem like the Spurs are eager to make those trades. Yeah. At this point, so who knows? Well, in that case, I don't. I would. I'd say let's just stay pat. Honestly, I don't. I'd have little interest in trading Lonzo for any of the guys you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Like, unless we're getting a top five. Yeah, Damian Lillard, I would trade Lonzo for Damian Lillard. Eh, I probably wouldn't. I'm, I'd. I'd much rather have Lonzo's contract for the next three years and his. Why well, I still think is a very high ceiling and a good fit next to LeBron. Mm-hmm. Like unless I'm getting a, a top five player with, like Kawhi. I'm not trading another just a good point guard like anyone we just listed, Kemba, John Wall, Lillard. Yeah, but if you traded for Kawhi, you'd probably have to give up Lonzo and either Ingram or Kuzma. No, I understand. I'm just, I'm just saying. So would you rather have like a Lillard or a – I don't want Kemba, but I guess Damian Lillard. And this is totally hypothetical. It's not like this is a rumor that's really out there. Um but uh, Damian, I mean, he was first team All NBA last year. No, he's a good player. But I'm just saying, I'd rather have. I'll take Lonzo's rookie contract and his high ceiling, and how I think well we think he would fit next to LeBron, rather than having to pay Dame Lord just in a vacuum. If I'm picking between those two. All right, and I'll roll the dice with the Lavar Circus, which I think. Damn. Do. All right, if it was just Lonzo for Lillard straight up, I mean, I don't, I'm, I'm really high on Lonzo's upside, but I don't know if he makes a first team All NBA uh, in his career. You know, the like, even though I love his upside, that would be still an impressive accomplishment. And it's not like Lillard's old. I think he's what 27 years old, and eventually you're going to need max guys on this team. You know, the the rookie contracts are great, but if you just have a bunch of rookie contracts and no max players, then what do you you just end up overpaying potentially for your rookie contract guys once they're available for extension? That's kind of my worry because you end up in this point like where Orlando is with Aaron Gordon, like what we were talking about last week. Like, do you want to give this guy the max? Probably not, but you can't lose him. And so then you end up overplaying, overpaying guys and giving them max contracts when they're not really max contract output level. Mm-hmm. That's, and, kind of the war, that's kind of the situation we're approaching with Randall right now. 
He just passed. Exactly. His, his exactly. best fourth year. Is he really worth, I think, would be four for 98? Is he worth $25, 24000000 million a year? Yeah. So the benefit of Lonzo on that rookie contract is then to sign Randall to $17 million a year. Like, I'd give me that max guy now over that. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. That's that's kind of how I look at it. Because, um, yeah, if you have this great rookie contract, what are you using that extra space for instead? All right, well, if this scenario, if it's signing Paul George. Okay, uh, yeah, obviously it'd be if we got LeBron and Paul George, then, yeah, go for that. I'd rather have that LeBron, Paul George, and Lonzo over just LeBron and like a Damian Lillard or a Kemba Walker or something like that. Well, that's, that's kind of the scenario I'm describing. I don't, I don't think LeBron comes here by himself. So I think we kind of need someone to come with him. Brian Windhorst said even if Paul George and Kawhi and whatever other free agents didn't come to Los Angeles, he still said it was more likely LeBron picks Los Angeles over Cleveland. Yeah, I don't know. I've also, I've seen, I saw that take, but I've also seen other takes that say there's zero chance in hell that he'd come here by himself. Yeah, but Brian Windhorst knows LeBron better than any other reporter in the league, without a doubt. I think it was it might have been Chris Sheridan who predicted both the 2010 and 2014 moves, who said okay. that, that he uh, wouldn't come here by himself. So I'll, interesting. I'll take I'll put him against Windhorst also. And just, okay. just from a logic standpoint, I can't. I don't think LeBron's going to want to be the only like veteran on this team. Yeah, I agree. And if we're not trained for Kawhi, I think I think he'd convince Paul George that like. Look, dude, you know you can either come be like my fucking Scotty Pippen in, in on the marquee franchise in in sports, or you can play with Westbrook and a thirty million dollar Carmella. Like I think Paul George in bumfuck Oklahoma City. Yeah, like as much as as good of a job as OKC done as in quote unquote like selling him on staying. I think LeBron's pitch is going to be stronger, and Magic Johnson's pitch is going to be stronger than that. Well, Oklahoma City does have great lakes for fishing. <laughs> Paul George, renowned fisher. <laughs> I think he is a renowned fisher. You know who he loves? His favorite fishing companion is, though? His father, ear, Brian Shaw, who happens to be hey. a Lakers guy. Palmdale, Santa Barbara connection. Hey, shout, shout out UC Santa Barbara. Wait, did Shaw go to Santa Barbara? I think of Byron Scott. Shaw went to Santa Barbara. Byron Scott might have also. No, he didn't. Uh, okay, who... Where'd he go then? I have no idea where Byron's. <laughs> Arkansas State, the uh, the UCSB of the South. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck no! Fuck no! <laughs> he is a, That's what he's an he's an LA guy though. Wait, sorry, almost Arkansas, Arizona State. A lot more similar to UCSB actually. Wait, where'd you get Arkansas State from? Do you just see ASU and just assumed it was Arkansas? No, I don't. I misread it. I'm not sure how I did that. <laughs> All right, <laughs> Connor. Getting dis- developing dyslexia, late onset <laughs> dyslexia, early onset, right? I, no, I think you, you find you know if you have dyslexia like pretty early on in life. Mm. So late, late onset. Uh, yeah, I feel like get developing <laughs> dyslexia at age twenty three would be pretty, or twenty four would be pretty, pretty late <laughs> onset. Uh, less than ideal. But let's see, any other uh, free agent things? Um, I was going to mention on the Mavericks. I think it's going to be a pretty compelling case. If I'm someone like Clint Capella, I'm looking long and hard at that team. If I go go there to play with Dallas, like Dennis Smith Jr., Luca, and him, Harrison Barnes, I think it's a nice young, uh, nice young core. Maybe Dallas finally gets that center they've been chasing for 
what, five, year, six years ever since they tried to lock up uh, DeAndre Jordan unsuccessfully. Darren so, Noel was obviously a, a failure this past year. So Dallas is is pretty interesting because they really only have space to chase one real free agent that could get some money. But they've been linked to a decent amount, and it seems like they're really going for all of those guys in that age range that you just described, like Clint Capella, where it's going to be Clint Capella, Julius Randle, uh, Jabari Parker, Marcus, Marcus Smart. The DeMarcus Cousins is another guy also that they're linked. Basically, they're looking for high upside guys who um, could potentially be a cornerstone on a franchise, um, but they're not in demand enough where they're going to go to a more marquee franchise and a better current basketball roster, right? So it'll be it. You'd have to imagine, especially now that they don't got Doncic, a guy who people are pretty excited about around the NBA. There were a lot of, were a lot of NBA who came out after the draft saying how great of a player um, Doncic was going to be and all of that. So you got to imagine that they're going to be able to get one of those guys. Um, it'll be interesting to see which one of those guys they they sign. If I'm them, I go I go all out for Capella. I think he'd be a great fit. Another international guy. Uh, Capella played, or he's from Switzerland. I don't know if you. I assume he played in some sort of European league prior to coming over. Maybe a little chemistry with him and Doncic. Um, if not him, maybe roll the dice on on Demarcus on a one year or maybe a one plus one team option. And there's a chance. I mean, I'm pretty skeptical of an Achilles injury, especially for a seven foot, two hundred, what seventy pound person coming back from that. Question: Would you max Clint Capella though? I would be terrified to max Clint Capella. I'm not gonna lie. Mm, what's the alternative though? I think they need to make a move on a big guy this summer. I think he's the best guy in the market. I, so I, I, I'd I, rather I, I'd rather have Julius Randle or Jabari Parker than Clint Capella, Aaron Gordon. Someone like that. Hmm. Because I feel like they need they need someone that they can play the five. Sure, Julius Randall. Huh. I don't know. I heard Randall isn't a great fit with those two. Like I can't remember the exact specifics of what like the kind of five you want next to Smith Jr. and Doncic was basically saying like maybe it was his defense. Like he's not really a rim protector. No, Randall's not. Like you, a I don't think Randall fits well necessarily next to Harrison Barnes. Like you're pretty, you're giving, you're pretty damn undersized if that's your four and your five. Dude, undersized is not that big of a deal. Look at the fucking best teams in the league last year. Their best lineups were with a six six and a six seven guy at center, and PJ yeah. Tucker and Draymond Green. Like, I don't give a fuck if you don't have a traditional center, honestly. Yeah. Like, yeah, have one guy like that who can come in and match up during the regular season against your your Joel Embiid's and whatnot and your Rudy Gobert's or whatever that can take up some solid minutes in the regular season. But if you're trying to be a real franchise, I, I don't think you need a seven-footer center whatsoever. I think you need a guy who can protect the rim, but I don't think he necessarily has to be seven feet tall. Um, All right, well, fine then. Can, I don't know if they actually, have a I think, rim protector. I think protecting the rim is a, a good thing, but, I mean, look at the fucking Rockets. Like, w- their best lineups were with P.J. Tucker at, 
we're basically with Clint Capella not on the court. I don't know. I'd say that they were like thirty and one when Capella, Harden, and Paul all played together. True, but I'm talking about like their ratings and efficiencies and how much they're outscoring the opposing team. I think that almost has more to do with uh, their depth necessarily than their effectiveness. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, right. when Clint Capella is there, that's because. Uh, Nene is not getting major minutes, you know, versus, um, uh, like it's not saying that PJ Tucker's playing more, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I'll find this tweet, but basically just said that Randall's not a great fit with their current roster construct. I mean, if Randall's a fit with the Lakers, why wouldn't he be a fit with Doncic and Dennis Smith Jr.? I feel like there's like both of those guys can operate on the perimeter. Julius Randall can operate down low. He can switch one through five. Doncic can switch a ton. Dennis Smith Jr. can't really switch that much. So I guess that would be if Dennis Smith Jr.'s a turnstile, you would want a guy who's an elite rim protector. Mm-hmm. Um, Whereas if you've got solid perimeter defenders like the Lakers do at most positions, then you don't really need a guy who's going to cover up for those mistakes. That's a Clint Capella shot blocking type, I guess. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, free agency is going to be so interesting. We've got DeMarcus Cousins. That That's a total X factor. Um, I got to think the Pels are just going to pay him. Like It's so fucking hard to get someone down there in New Orleans. Other than via trade, and they gave up a decent amount to get him, if I recall. Didn't they? Um, they traded, what, Buddy Heald and a first-round pick? Yeah, like, well, I mean, that's a, what, a, Heald was a sixth overall pick the year before, and a first round for them, like, if you lose him for nothing. Yeah, but at that point, Buddy Heald's also a sunk cost, and it's not like anyone's going to lose sleep over not having Buddy Heald on their team. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think it's gonna be tough for them to get, lose him for nothing. I, I'd imagine they're gonna they'll pay him. Yeah, but maybe not, I, would maybe you, not long would you rather have if you if you really think Boogie Cousins is not gonna be good because of this injury and as the history of Achilles tears signifies, he's not gonna be good anymore. Yeah, no, why was a, why was do you why was, do you max him then? I I don't I wouldn't max him even if if you have to give up a player. For nothing versus maxing a guy coming off of an Achilles tear, especially a seven foot, 280 pound guy who doesn't exactly have a track record for being hard work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that's what I would want. If I was a Pelicans fan, I would not want to give him max. I'm saying the leadership in that franchise, I think 100% they're going to try to keep him. Yeah. Well, I'm not saying that's the right move. But I'm just saying their mindset, I think that's how they're going to approach it, is we give, give up a decent amount to get this guy. We never sign free agents. I think AD likes playing with a guy. They're going to do everything to make AD happy. So that's why they're going to like make the move. I'm not saying it's the right move to make. Do you think the Pelicans have any sort of confidence that when with Davis being a top five, top three maybe even, player in the league, that that will be an attraction to free agents and that maybe they will be able to lure free agents in the future? Or do you think they just say, hey, we've never been able to lure free agents before. We're not going to be able to do it in the future. 
let's keep Boogie. The latter. I don't think they're going to be confident enough and say, like, oh, we have this. I think they'd be more worried about losing him rather than him attracting other marquee guys to come play with him. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a, that's got to be a bottom five franchise in terms of, like, I don't know, history. Like, it, it, New Orleans is a cool cool city, but for some for whatever reason, players don't seem to feel like playing there in the NBA. Well, I mean, they've had a lot of ownership turmoil in the past. Like the fucking the one guy couldn't sell the team. The NBA had to own it for a while, and um, you know they had. I mean, in terms of poor destination, it's got to be bottom five, I'd imagine. No, no, I don't think so. I bet you Mm. I could. We could list five pretty quickly: Sacramento, Orlando. What? That's close. You think That's he's going to go to Orlando over New Orleans? I'm and I'm talking with Anthony Same Davis right. on the roster. All right. So all right. like next offseason, maybe not this offseason, but next offseason. You don't think well, why not this offseason? Because they don't have cap space. Okay, okay. And I don't know if they're going to have cap space in the future, but I'm sure they could make moves to clear up cap space if they really needed to, especially if they don't re-sign Boogie Cousins. All right, all right. I have Orlando in my bottom five, too, so that's fine. So we have two. Orlando. That's why yeah, you just said Orlando. So oh, I, Orlando thought you said Atlanta. I thought you just said Atlanta. I didn't say Atlanta. Okay. Um, Memphis, probably. Hmm. See, I feel like these are all pretty like comparable, though. Yeah, hey, I, I, I don't know, man. You think guys really want to go to fucking Memphis? They've got shit leadership and no Anthony Davis and just kind of a lamer city than New Orleans. Yeah, they got they got Chandler Parsons. <laughs> he was a pretty big free agent signer at the time. It was a it was a four year max contract. He was a. I don't think he was that. Who who else was going after him? I think didn't Dallas want to keep him? Probably. No, Dallas, he left because Mark Cuban told him they weren't going to give him the max, hmm. and he got like pissed off and then just dipped and didn't even negotiate with the Mavericks at all. Hmm. Let's see. I'm not even. Did Drew, Hall, did Drew Holiday sign as a free agent, or did they trade for him? They traded for him when basically during the process. Hmm. The start of the process was them getting rid of Drew Holiday. I mean, they haven't brought in any big fair agents. Don't get me wrong, but I, you know, it, it might be bottom ten, probably is, but I don't think it's bottom five. Mm-hmm. All right, well, especially if Anthony Davis is on the roster. Yeah, I don't know. I think Davis event. I can't see Davis playing there after this this contract. I mean, he could get the super max though. You you you'd think he'd turn down a hundred million extra dollars. Eh. Seems like someone wants to win a title. I don't think you're going to win one in New Orleans, honestly. What about him makes you think he wants to win a title? Over $100 million. Won one in college. (laughs) Okay. You got taste for winning. (laughs) It's not like anyone's not going to try to win one in college when they're in college. Mm. All right. I'm looking at at this list. I'm pretty sure they're bottom five, man. Hoopfuck. So, all right. What about Milwaukee? You think Milwaukee's better? Ooh, that's a bad. That's bad. What about <laughs> what about what about Minnesota? Mm. What is mm. better about Minnesota than New Orleans? The weather? Yeah, bigger city. Okay. Chance of towns. 
Okay, you think that's a b- better than the chance to play with Davis? Not even close. Nah. But a chance to play <laughs> with Tibbs? Guys are clamored to get fucking yelled at and play 44 minutes a game. <laughs> yeah, I see their careers shortened by five years. <laughs> hmm. All right, well, we'll say bottom 10. but Okay, no. bottom 10, agreed. Fair enough. Let's see, any closing, uh, any other closing thoughts, I think, on free agency? Uh, no, not really. I think we covered kind of... Mello taking the 28 mil. Don't blame him. Get that check. Yeah, get that check, Mello. I got nothing against that. People are... I I see people shitting on Mello. I I feel like... Like, blame the fucking Knicks for giving that contract A and blame the Thunder B for trading for him if you want to blame somebody. Couldn't agree more. If you're someone who's hating on Carmelo for that, just fucking look yourself in the mirror and call me next time you pass up $28 million for a chance to go win. <laughs> so, you know, suck my dick on that one. You know, that's what I would be thinking about as Carmelo. Yep. Yep. Totally agree there. You know, laugh all the way to the bank. <laughs> all right. Uh, with that, we want to hop into a little, uh, little beautiful game. Yeah. Absolutely. Let's let's do it. Um, so we're entering what is this day day nine day ten of the World Cup. Um, day some favorites are looking good. Some favorites are not looking so hot. You know um, who's looking real good? Belgium looks pretty good. Belgium looks damn good. France not looking bad. I don't feel awful about my uh, my seven to one bet at the moment. Of the favorites, I'd say they're probably so well, where they started. Probably the fourth favorite right now, somewhere in that mix. Um, I think the, should we pull up the live odds? I bet you they haven't really changed much. Yeah, pull up the live odds. I'll pull up the five thirty. I'm pulling up the five thirty eight uh, odds to win right now. The what is it? The soccer power index. I'm not gonna lie. I don't love five thirty eight and their projections. They they've got some weird ass shit out there sometimes. Ever since I think it was two years ago. Yeah, they had like the Cavs is like. 10% chance to make the finals like with a week left in the regular season and like <laughs> 70% for the Celtics and it was like this was pre-Kyrie that does, and that that does sound familiar that and I was just familiar. like dude it I don't care how good your fucking projections are if you're just that clearly wrong on something and you don't adjust for it then I just can't trust you you know that's something that I definitively knew at, in the moment was idiotic proved out to be idiotic and so if there's all these other projections that I am less informed about to know that there's something they're just completely missing, I'm not going to trust it, you know? Yeah, fair enough. With that said, they currently have Spain and Brazil tied at 18%, followed by Germany at 11 and then three teams, England, France, and Belgium at 8%. Chance to win. So we're sitting even a corner of them. What's, uh, what's the betting folks say? Um, I'm trying to find it, honestly. Uh, you give more rambling about what happened this past week, and I'll keep looking. So right now, uh, as it currently sits, I'd be, I'd be feeling pretty good if I was Brazil. I've got Brazil in my uh, office pool to win it all. I'd say of the four favorites um, going into the tournament, which was Brazil, Germany, um, Spain, and uh, France, I'd say Brazil has been the, the clear leader. Spain, uh, like Drew Portugal, Germany, obviously has an L on their resume already. They'll still most likely advance out of that group. But Almost got eliminated yesterday too. You got to mention that. 
Yeah, so I mean, I don't think anyone in, in Germany or who picked Germany thought they're going to be there's going to be any scenario where they're facing elimination in the in the uh, group stage. Mm-hmm. All right, so I pulled up the odds. Right now, Brazil is still the favorite. They're actually tied with Spain at plus 450. Germany's dropped down to third. They're plus 650 now. Belgium moved up plus 800. Started off at 1100 when I got it. That's a pretty significant change. Um, France is at 850. The biggest increase right here is England at plus 900. They've looked very good, um, as good as Belgium has, to be honest. They've got the exact same stats so far. Eight goals for, two goals against, against Panama, Panama, one, either or, and um, Tunisia. They play not exactly uh, big dogs, but you can only play who you play, and they've, they've thrashed both of them. So. After that, we've got Croatia has made a big push-up. They're plus 1,400. Argentina has dropped significantly. They're now plus 2,200. Got to imagine Argentina is the biggest disappointment of the tournament. So far, bigger disappointment than Poland. Ah, Poland's up there too. So I'm not sure if Slavik will put that money down. I'm not sure if he puts money where his mouth is. He never answered the. Uh, yeah, I, I the asked Slavik in the group text for those listening at home, and if Alex had put any money on Poland, like we had all agreed to do, and no response, silence. And he he was texting, you know, not too long after that. So he definitely had his phone near him. Um, and as we all know, Belgium was eliminated earlier this morning by Colombia. Poland. Poland was eliminated. Yeah, shit. Belgium, come on. They're not being <laughs> everyone. Well, Freudian So, yeah. That's, I mean, Germany is close to being the biggest disappointment, I'd, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd say. I was going to say Germany and Argentina. For yeah. those who didn't watch the game, Tony Cruz hit a spectacular goal with in the last 10 seconds basically right? of the game in the 95th minute. No, yeah, the 95th. And um, they would have had a very, very high uphill battle if they had not scored that had goal. In the case. Yep. So, so that was a big game for them. And still, have you been able to watch most of the games, Connor? I've been able to see pretty much everything but the first game of the day. The first game at seven on the weekends. I've, I've called seven the central half of it, time. Seven central. So I've called the second half of those ones. But they're at work. I've, I've, I pretty much watch every game at work. So it's <laughs> been uh, it's been enjoyable. That that old that good old third screen. How are the sales doing? As effect? Eh. <laughs> the same. <laughs> flat. <laughs> sales are flat. Uh. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm not able to watch it in my work. Uh, I've streamed a few of the games just on my phone there, but you know, they were in a tight ship at our office. <laughs> uh, so I've been able to watch the the late game, 11 a.m. Pacific time. I'll watch the second half on my lunch break if it's a good game. But other than that, it's just the weekends. It's kind of a bummer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good news, I guess. We've got the so we have four. I think it's four more days of the uh, group stage. Mm-hmm. Well, there'll be four games each day, each of, but starting at the same time to avoid any uh, kind of foul play. Any chicanery, chicanery, funny business. Tom Foley. We'll, we'll take a day off Friday and then Saturday. Next Saturday, Sunday, mark your calendar. Should be a big one. We'll go four or two games each that day. Um, begin the knockout stage. That should be fun. What time are those games at? 
on Saturdays and Sundays. That's uh, I want to say nine and one Central. So it would be eleven seven and eleven. Seven and eleven your time. Ah, uh, see those seven AMs. That that's too early. I'm not going to be that's at seven AM. And you got I don't know for the for the knockout stage you got you got to commit. Oh yeah, you're telling me you would be up at seven AM on Saturday and Sunday. I am. I am for the knockout. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> hey, you know what? I will wake up if you're up at seven AM Central Time. I have no reason to be. Well, <laughs> you just gotta be committed, man. I'll be. I'll be there for kickoff. All right. Well, easier said than done, my man. Fair enough. Hey, how about you watch uh, France's last game this week? What time's that at? That might be at seven Central. I'll, I'll be up at seven Central if I'm working. <laughs> All right. Fair. 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 <laughs> Now we'll see. I'm, feel, I'm still feeling pretty good. Though. I think France is a young team. They're going to get better as the tournament goes on, hopefully. They look better in, a lot better in game two than game one. So hopefully the trend uh, continues. It would be nice coming out. If we can come out 3-0 of the group stage, I feel pretty good about that. So any other thoughts? I'm pretty pretty thought out. On That's the about all I got. A little disappointed. Uh, made a few underdog picks in my office pool. Didn't exactly pan out. My uh, my my friends to the south, Peru, gravely disappointed me. My my big upset coming out of uh, coming out of Group C let me down. It looks like there'll be France and uh, Denmark. Denmark coming out of that one. Uh, I think that was my major upset. I had picked. I had Egypt coming out. I thought Salah would be a little healthier. They they see Salah is thinking about retiring from national play. After this World Cup, I did see the headline. He's he's not old at all. He was like twenty eight, twenty five, I think. Oh, she's twenty five. So in theory, he should be still in his prime or tail end of his prime at least for the next World Cup. That seems a little reactionary, though. We'll see if he actually goes through with it. I guess it had something to do with the uh, the picture with the Chechen or dictator. I think it was yeah. Chechnya. Yeah, apparently he, he like didn't. It. Yeah, he didn't know that this guy was a dictator, and he took a picture with this guy and has just been getting a ton of negative feedback from it and he was kind of pissed off like really no one from egypt my team federation me up, could like, tell me like hey this is a bad idea this guy this guy's like having caught like doing major humans rights violations like you guys can't fucking give me a memo <laughs> so we'll, we'll see and it seems a little reactionary to say like mid-tournament we we'll retire from this uh this national team but yeah after he had a really disappointing tournament Mm-hmm. Coming off an injury. And with that said, I'm not as a Chelsea guy. No, uh, no fans of law. Couldn't cut it at Stanford Bridge. <laughs> Good riddance. Good riddance. I don't care. If, I don't care if you let the league in uh, goals. Mm-hmm. All right, should we move on to some segments? Let's hit it. All right, let's hit it. We got big week for Cuck of the Week. A lot of cucks out there this week. <laughs> A lot of candidates. Oh, by the way, I added one mid uh, podcast. Ooh, that's a good one. We'll hit, we'll, we'll hit that last. Okay. So, so you got the first one? All right, I'll take the first one. How about we just uh, alternate these then? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so first cuck of the week, Rafael Marquez for Mexico. Basically, this guy's the captain of the Mexican national team, and – He's just had a real hassle because he's not allowed to be associated with 
any American business. So he's not able to stay at any hotels that do business with America. He's not able to be photographed with any American endorsers. So if the team is, you know, taking a picture with whatever that with Nike or whatever, he can't be pictured with that. Um, he can't be shown drinking Gatorade on the sidelines. If he drinks any water, they have a specific like water bottle that he has to drink out of that doesn't have any logos or anything on it. It just has a big C-U-C-K on it. Just has big, big C-U-C-K. That's, that's right. Um, and this is all as a result of being blacklisted by the U.S. Treasury Department uh, <laughs> for allegedly uh, laundering money for famed Mexican drug trafficker and gang leader Raul Flores Hernandez, also known as LTO, or in English, the uncle. <laughs> not, a, not a list you want to find yourself on, Rafael. Yeah, so this guy's basically having to bend over backwards to uh he used to play in the MLS and I don't think he's allowed to anymore because of these positions. <laughs> so Michael, so let's so let's see, he's trying to stay in a hotel. Is he allowed to pay say like pay cash or is it just thing like if he shows his ID, it's like his fuck, he shows him the Marriott, shows his pays cash and they'll say like they scan his ID and says like leave. Um I'm not can you pay cash at a hotel? Ah, uh, twenty eighteen. You might not be able to. Honestly, I feel like most of the time you need to swipe a credit card for like incidentals. So apparently, it's not actually Rafael Marquez who gives a fuck about this stuff, but it's the companies because if they're shown doing business with this guy, I guess with him. they have fat um, sanctions. Yeah, pay. yeah. So. It's kind of funny. He he can't wear the team's official training gear because Coca Cola is the sponsor, <laughs> and the Fox's man of the match is the Budweiser man of the match. So he's not allowed to win that. Um, so just kind of shit like that. That I, I don't think he's allowed to be on TV while like an American advertisement is being played, and like just weird shit like that. That. Basically, he's just making this guy's life extremely difficult, all because he tried to fuck over the great state of the U- or great nation of the USA. We want your your fucking drug money, Raphael. <laughs> Get your drug money out of here, Raphael. <laughs> we're, we're cleaning up the streets. We're tough on crime. Four sheets, tough on crime. Hey, hey, that Connor's tough on crime. Let's not be. Let's keep the four sheets name out of this. You know, we love American crime, not not foreign crime. <laughs> uh, uh, let's see so moving on we got a uh, little more little more American cucking out there this story we had a uh, a potential West Point grad was uh, kicked out of the, the Army Academy for being an alleged commie this guy rose to uh, infamy I suppose, last year there was a picture of him floating around wearing a Che Guevara shirt um, renowned Marxists from uh, South America. Marxist, not Marxist, right? <laughs> yeah, off-brand. Off-brand Marxist. He's a Marcus. It's like him, Mark Anthony, Mark Madsen. This is all the Marcus. <laughs> Me and all my friends, Mark, are really we're starting a Mark revolution. This West Point guy, so he's wearing this, uh, this Che Guevara shirt. 
and I'm not sure when this picture surfaced. I think it was, must have been in his junior year. And I think this year he was approaching graduation and was photographed uh, being a commie and was kicked out. So I'm not exactly sure what he kicked out for, but as it goes to show you, if you're a West Point man, you can't be, uh, you can't be no, no fan of the red, you know. Run a run tight ship over there. A little, little, good old McCarthyism never did anybody wrong. <laughs> That's right. Nobody wrong ever. <laughs> <laughs> was was that uh that red hunt? Some the red scare. The red scare. Yeah, yeah. classic. <laughs> Absolutely nobody was falsely convicted or accused <laughs> during that. Absolutely no one. Who was the uh, Jagger Hoover? Real uh. Level-headed guy, you know? <laughs> Never did anything rash, that guy. That guy, definitely not. <laughs> All right, so moving on. Next nominee for Cuck of the Week is this random chef who was in New York, I want to say. Yeah, I want to say New York City. Yeah, hold on. Fancy restaurant. Yeah, fancy restaurant. Um, hold on, I'm pulling it up right now. I don't know. Probably New York. We'll just assume New York. They got a lot of fancy restaurants there. Uh, so it's a real high-end, ritzy restaurant. And this guy's dad was visiting the country, I think. Maybe not. Maybe he was just in the country. I don't fucking know. But I think he just looked foreign. <laughs> I think he was foreign. <laughs> Apparently he looked too foreign, though. So anyways, the guy's dad calls up, tries to make a reservation at this restaurant. They say, sorry, sir, we're all booked. Can't help you. We don't take your money here. Ten minutes later, the guy calls back, same number, everything. Tells the host, hey, I'm the prime minister for Morocco. Can I get dinner at your place? They say, absolutely, sir. We're clearing a table right now. We'll see you soon. Shows up. They pull out the red carpet, the velvet ropes, everything for this guy because they think he's the prime minister of Morocco. Little do they know he's some schmuck that they denied 20 minutes prior. Ends up signing a plate for the chef to put up in the restaurant as the prime minister of Morocco. Meanwhile, this is just some random dude off the street um, who's just conning them and just fucking with these restaurant guys. Um, in a video, the, the chef just looks absolutely ecstatic. Like to, to have some this luminary, this uh, this African man of great importance in my restaurant. It's just it's just some some rando, just uh happen to happen to be feeling for some some upscale New York dining. Yeah, so that chef and restaurant, you guys could be cook of the week. Let's see here. So next up, we've got a. Uh, Renowned NBA reporter Woj, as well as the uh, the NBA. So any any big fan of the draft knows that uh, the last few years it's been kind of a a trend where guys like Woj, Jeff Goodman, um, Shams. Shams this year will break news um, a pick or two before the pick is actually uh, airing on TV. Essentially, just reporting what uh what's going to kind of shake out. So the NBA this year made a request to Yahoo Sports, ESPN, and the like, saying like, "Please don't, uh, don't break the picks. Like we want this to be a television event." Woj also, this is his first year with ESPN, and 
ESPN is the one airing the draft. So obviously they don't want their own guy uh, cucking them of their picks when he's saying, oh, uh, fucking Mo Bamba's going to be drafted number six and they're still on pick number four, you know? Mm, just makes for bad television, bad television. So the first couple picks, I think Woj, being a co- the company man that he is, said, all right, all right, I won't, I won't break any news. But as the draft went on... Meanwhile, um, Shams had tweeted out like two hours earlier what the top two picks in the draft were going to be. With that said, I think Woj had put out his top six. Which ended up being out wrong. The draft. That ended up being wrong. Yeah, due to the, uh, trade. the Doncic trade, which hadn't gone through just yet. But... So a couple picks in, Woj finds a clever way around this and busted out his thesaurus. Thesaurus? Thesaurus? Thesaurus. thesaurus. Is that how you say it? I say thesaurus. I say thesaurus. And I'm questioning myself. I feel like it's thesaurus. I think it's thesaurus. Tomato, tomato. Tomato, tomato. All right, you say it. You're the tomato, though, and I'm the tomato, just so you know. So Woj busts out the Saurus and essentially found other ways to uh, say that the team is picking them without saying they're picking them. Some of the good ones included uh, a little inverted wordplay. Jazz have no plans to pass on Grayson Allen. Um, another one he used quite a bit, um, zeroing in on. Portland um, Denver. lasered on Anthony Simons. That, that, that was one of the better ones. Uh, <laughs> Lakers are unlikely to resist Mo Wagner. I think it was like the Celtics are tantalized by Robert Williams. <laughs> there was a good gif going around uh, towards the end, of the back end of the first round with a uh, who was it? The uh, the WWE guy, um, not Hulk Hogan, but the uh, who's like the main guy who runs the WWE? Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon. Yeah, like, I saw that. Like screaming, and then <laughs> eventually, like coming to completion. <laughs> Essentially, as he said, because uh, Woj is like uh, they were kind of building up. words. We're getting crazier and crazier. <laughs> At first, it was like like Knicks are focused on a certain yeah, player, or likely to pick, and then he just starts going with the lasers and the unlikely Angelized. to resist and the fixated. <laughs> Meanwhile, NBA Twitter's just losing their minds just at how funny and ridiculous this is and how he's clearly just making a mockery of their request. (laughs) I thought it was funny the comparison was made for those who watched The Wire of Woj being like Avon Barksdale. For those who haven't watched The Wire, to put it a quick summary, is Avon Barksdale is basically a big-time drug kingpin who loves selling drugs on the streets and his partner Stringer Bell says they have enough money to be clean and they should do things on the up and up. But Avon just, he wants his corners. <laughs> and in this one, Shams kind of encroached on his on Woj's corners. Woj could have been a company man, just let it slide. <laughs> but Woj wanted his corners, man. <laughs> he wanted to get his picks out there before anybody else. <laughs> he found a clever way of doing it too. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty funny. But so Keeping with the draft theme, the last cook of the week who we added was, or I added to our list during the podcast, was Mikel Bridges. So initially, he was drafted by Philadelphia, as we explained earlier, and he is from Philadelphia, born and raised his whole life. He went to college in Philadelphia for four years, correct? 
out of at Villanova. Three, three. junior. Okay, three. I think redshirt and then so I guess four years. He redshirted for a year and then played okay, three years. Yeah, the team. so played four years at Villanova in Philadelphia. He won two national championships in Philadelphia. His mom is a vice president in HR for the 76ers. And this guy was drafted by the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, was his lifelong dream to play for the Sixers. It finally happened. This guy loves Philadelphia. His mom was at the table. They could not have been more excited about how perfectly his draft night was playing out. There was a gif of him with just this cheesy shit-eating grin after he was sipping some water because he just could not contain his excitement and happiness. Perfect story. He's given interviews left and right about how excited he is to play with Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, how great of a fit it's going to be, how he's already met with uh, the coaching staff, all that, blah, blah, blah. Mom's a stack to have him staying at home for the next few years. And then about 20 minutes later, they fucking trade his ass to Phoenix. <laughs> Goes on for about 10 minutes after the trade happens, though, and continues on to this press conference. No one thinks to, uh, hey, uh, McCall, let's, uh, let's pull the brakes here, actually. You're, you're going a little warmer climate, buddy. Philadelphia's official uh, social media accounts had been tweeting out pictures of Mikael Bridges being like, like staying home and coming home or whatever, like what glad to keep you in Philadelphia, all that stuff. They had to delete their tweets. It was, it was pretty funny, but I do feel bad for the guy though a little bit, but it was pretty funny just seeing this guy's dreams just shattered on live television. <laughs> and to be fair, I think he'll, I think he'll do all right. He'll probably move to Scottsdale, spend a little time down there. You can probably get over and not living with your mom pretty quick. Yeah, so. exactly. McCall, next time we're uh, in the Dale, we'll hit you up. We'll buy you a drink. Mm-hmm. Make you feel a little bit better about next, uh, next one's for you, So a lot of good nominees this week. Well, we did Cuck of the Week early. We didn't close with it. True. Yeah, so many cucks to get through. <laughs> yeah, too many to get through. All right. Uh, we got a two-man uh, jury right now. Might have, might have a hung jury, but let's see if we come to an agreement. Let's see. So process right. of elimination. Process of elimination. I think I'm going to remove McCall Bridges. Still, still is a top 10 draft pick. Mm, I don't know if I, I – I think that's a pretty bad cuck, man. Yeah. That'd be like you're married, you're, you married your dream girl, and then she bangs some other dude. Wasn't that the theory of all cucks? Exactly. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's how that played out. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I was kind of leaning towards the uh, either the chef or Rafael Marquez. Oh, I was leaning towards the chef or the army grad. Hmm. But, pro- but in that theory, then maybe we just go go with the Moroccan the Moroccan chef play if we both think that's a a good choice. No, I was thinking we eliminate that. I thought we were talking about process of elimination. We're eliminating ones. Oh, no, no, no. No, no, no. I'd want to eliminate... Oh, I think the top two are either... Well, hmm. The Raphael Marquez, Woj, and Mikhail Bridges, I think, are the top three. I had the chef and Raphael Marquez in my top two. All right, let's go with Raphael Marquez, then. All right, man. We're big, uh, we're big sponsorship, guys. <laughs> we're, we're still in the market for our first sponsorship. Yeah, if but, anyone uh, wants to sponsor the podcast, slide into our DMs at Four Sheets Pod or four... That's... Four is always spelled out, or four sheets two number two, 
four sheets to the wind at gmail.com. All right. We we have very, very reasonable rates too. We do not charge a lot yet. We're only we got a respectable companies only. We're not taking no no bullshit company. Yeah, we don't get your bullshit yeah. out of here. <laughs> Rafael Marquez. Welcome to the club. Cuck of the week. All right, moving on, we got a, a couple is this cools. So the first one was Nick Young was in Canada, I believe, and someone had asked him recently about Canada legalizing marijuana, and he said, I think they should legalize cocaine. Quote, <laughs> I think everybody should do cocaine. <laughs> you, you, you just can't be saying that, Nick Young. <laughs> That, that's that's all that's all good and dandy, but you just can't be fucking saying that, man. <laughs> like you, uh, you got to realize you can't be uh, an agent of the NBA and representing the league, just talking about legalizing cocaine. Like, let's be real, cocaine is probably one of the worst drugs for a society. Like, there's, you know, there's not much good. It's highly addictive and very bad for your health. Nick Young, there's there's little uh, those five year olds looking up to you right now. They're, you should tell them to fucking eat their vegetables or some shit. Even, as much as you love cocaine, Nick Young, you just can't be. And that's uh, fine. You about- can love cocaine, you know. No, no shade on you or whatever. But you the NBA has the NBA has a long and storied history with the with the white lines. Yeah, I mean, obviously, how many guys in the what percentage of guys do you think do coke at least on occasion in the in league? Twenty eight. In twenty eighteen NBA. All right, so there's 450 guys in the NBA. Um, I gotta say, what, how often are we saying? Like a couple times a year? Like they're doing at least a few times during the season? I, I bet or you none of them. Okay, not none of them, but I'm guessing most of them don't do it during the season. But you're talking about summer years. before they're like right after the season ends. They're on vacation. They're going to Vegas. They're going to China. They're going mm-hmm. to god knows where you don't you don't think clay was doing blow in in vegas when he was doing his china clay shit (laughs) i don't know if clay strikes is a big coke guy Eh, i've heard from people who've partied with clay that he might in fact be a coke guy Eh. oh i can see it i can see it born rich Rich in manhattan beach rich kid growing up not the craziest thing all right i'll put it honestly like off if we're talking off season one in three Ooh, that's high. I was gonna say Is more. You I'll just say more. Ten to twenty percent. Ten to twenty percent. All right. Well, let's we'll put the difference. I think twenty percent is a reasonable number. Okay. Yeah. Tw- so one in five guys does coke at least once during the during the year. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say that's. I'd almost. I'd probably go one in four even. Like we're just saying, like they do it once, at, like in a calendar year. Yeah. I think it ends up with the. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying they're they're chopping up lines, but it ends up in their nose somehow, <laughs> somehow, some way. It's uh, it's after free agency. You just sign a new contract. I mean, home dude, for the summer. On. There's no way they're cutting their own lines. Let's be real. They've got dudes to. They, they don't touch it. Probably. That's true. They, they no. got a they got dollar bill guy. They got a line guy. If they're smart, they got a guy who. Does all the purchasing, all the possession? Oh, you gotta be a, you gotta be a fucking you retard be- if you're buying it yourself. <laughs> like. If you want to cut your own line, but be my guest. But if you're buying it and you're an NBA player, you are a certified fucking retard. Agreed. With that said, Swaggy P, I could definitely see him buying his own coke. <laughs> I could a thousand percent see Swaggy P like, 
No, I'm a, he I just got has this, a, I got this he just got, He's got a guy who's just named like uh, Dennis, plug emoji, eight ball emoji. <laughs> Fire emoji. <laughs> <laughs> like, if we're, if we're ranking guys as like top five most likely to be buying their own Coke or like get caught with Coke in a fucking airport security line, Swaggy P got to be top five. Is list. JaVale McGee also top five? And he's on the. Ooh, they're both <laughs> champions. I can see it. I can see it. They're buying. They're together in a, in a back alley outside the club buying coke together. No, not a back alley. Come on, they're in the back seat of a uh, Bentley. Mm, well, if they're uh, they're the club. They run out of coke. They're not running out of coke. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> if you're trying to legalize something, you're probably, <laughs> probably doing a decent amount of it. The t- odds that he was because he said this like I didn't. I don't remember the video, but he was like, it was at night and he was out and about. What do you think the odds were he was on cocaine while he said that? <sighs> Fucking 75 <laughs> Really high percent, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it's, obviously, coke was on your mind, Swaggy. Like, like someone not on coke, like you're not going to be talking about coke that ecstatically, I don't think. Like you brought that up? With- Unprovoked. <laughs> yeah. Like they're, we're talking about marijuana, and you're saying no, fuck, like fuck marijuana. Like I'm, I'm smoking Give me some like, hard shit. I'm, I'm clearly coked out of my mind right now. I want everyone to feel this way. Like it seems four out of five. Like very likely, Nick Young was probably on a little bit of the uh, on a little bit of the white that night. Take a little bit of the booger sugar. <laughs> and as expected, he w- walked it back. Uh, a couple Actually, days fought, later, yeah. On a massive, massive hangover the next day, said that was that's just my brand of humor. You guys know me. Uh, how many like, so, how many missed calls do you think he had that night from Warriors PR? Just being like, dude, what the fuck, man? <laughs> just the worst look. His agent is just like, come on, dude. Like Come on, Nick. Enough of the, enough of the bullshit. Like, grow up a little bit. That's just a that's a horrible look for for all involved. That being said, Nick Young is probably one of the guys you could say that, and people will just be like, "Oh, that's just Nick Young." We already right, we already knew he was doing coke. The boy, boys will be boys. Yeah, if that was you know LeBron James or Draymond Green or fucking who even knows what other lower levels of star. NBA players, it'd probably be a bigger story. But, Major story, yeah. but Nick Young's. One of the few you can kind of get away with that shit, I suppose. Mm-hmm. All right, should we move on to the next? Is this cool? Yeah. So speaking of uh, boys, will be boys. <laughs> we got one a little bit of a throwback. Throwback to a better time, some might say. So this was Connor uh, would our, definitely say <laughs> one of my favorite uh, all-time baseball players, Mickey Mantle. New York Yankees, great. So the the team asked him. This is back in the seventies. It was the fiftieth anniversary at Yankee Stadium. They're doing a season-long celebration, and they asked all the all-time greats, uh, "Why don't you tell us your your best memory? Your best memory, Yankee Stadium? So maybe winning a World Series, hitting sixty-one with Roger Maris. None of those came to mind for uh, for the Mick. Mickey wrote back, uh, answered this letter. And he said his greatest memory at Yankee Stadium, and I quote: "I got a blowjob under the right field bleachers by the Yankee bullpen." Went on to elaborate. They said, uh, please tell us where this event occurred or on or about and give as much detail as, as you can. The mix says, it was about the third or fourth inning. I pulled a groin and couldn't fuck at the time. She was a very nice girl and asked me what to do with, 
with a cum after I came in her mouth. I said, don't ask me. I'm no cocksucker. <laughs> Sincerely, Mickey Mantle. <laughs> I mean, that's not the coolest fucking story I've ever heard. I mean, that is all time. The line at the end, don't ask me, I'm no cocksucker, is just perfect. I mean, come on. That's- this is this is the guy who, who lived his best fucking life for a good 60 plus years. Guy owns a steakhouse in New York, 500 homers. Multiple rings. I watched it once. Watched a documentary about Mickey Mantle made in I think early two thousands, the nineties on HBO. It is a the first fifteen minutes is just a bunch of grown men blowing their wad over how Mickey Mantle was was bigger than God. It was it was just absurd. I, I'll find the clip and we'll we'll tweet it out on the uh, on the old Twitter. Just watch the first two minutes of it. This is you'll ne- you'll never see grown men talk about another grown man like like. In this light, it's unfathomable. Like 1950s, 1960s New Yorkers love for this alcoholic badass. Do you think he pulled harder than anybody in America in the 1950s? In his heyday. So we're putting up, putting him up against uh, Frank Sinatra, Elvis Presley. Elvis Presley pulled. Who else? I'm trying to think who else. In like, the 50s. Uh, yeah, this is this is the classic debate. Like Barry Manilow. This is the classic debate. So let's say Frank Sinatra, Mickey Mantle, Elvis Presley. They're all at the bar, and there there's a there's a twelve sitting there. Who's who's she going home with? Is it the Mick? Is it Sinatra? Who I'm not. I'm trying to think who else would even be like in this class. Dean Martin, I guess. Same James name. Dean. James Dean. There's another good one. Ah, that's tough. Let's or let's assume this is this is happening in New York City. Is so James like, Dean even the fifties? It seems like the fifties, right? Well, let's just let's for for the sake of this argument, we'll just all put it. They're all in the same bar. They're all in their prime. Maybe they could be within like five years of each other. I'm not, mm-hmm. Elvis might be later. Dean might be earlier, et cetera, et cetera. But for the sake of the argument, they're all in their prime. We're in New York City. JFK, I guess that he was a little JFK later. Coxman, but bad back. Hey, Mickey and Marlon bad back. Brando was he fifties? Uh, I think he might be late. Yeah, he, uh, no, because he was—he's pretty old in The Godfather, and that was seventy. So yeah, we'll put Brando in the mix. Ooh, should we? T- we could tweet out a poll actually, and, and circle back next week. Hmm. We could. <laughs> well, Brando was born in twenty-four, so he was thirty in fifty-four. You know, he's probably slaying at thirty when he was thirty years old. You know, what what year was uh, what year was he born? Twenty-four. 24. The Mick was born in 31. Yeah, so totally. a little younger. Yeah, similar eras. Who else we throw in the mix? Frank Sinatra. Yeah. Was he 50s? I feel like he might have been earlier. Sinatra was born in 15. Oof. Yeah, he was a little bit earlier, I think. Yeah, whatever. We'll still lump him in there. <laughs> 40s. Well, the, Time well, moves slower back then. So all, all these, all these big yeah, dogs. Marlon Brando is only five foot nine. Hey, hey, that's a, <laughs> that's a, that's a, a to be Brando. That's a win for the five foot niners. That's for damn sure. <laughs> we'll take it. Hey, let's see here. So if those if those fellows are at the bar and uh, you got, let's, I'm trying to think who's who's the hottest piece of ass back then. Probably Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, definitely. James, she might have been sixties though. Oh, I think the Mick peak in the sixties too. He he was born thirty one. He's probably in his prime at what, like twenty five thirty. I think he might have banged Marilyn Monroe at some point. I thought that was 
That's Joe DiMaggio. Joe DiMaggio, yeah. She might have killed herself by then, actually. <laughs> Joe DiMaggio, not in this, not in this class. There's not a not a coxman of this class. Bang Marilyn Monroe, but reportedly spent the rest of his life just just fucking miserable that he couldn't bang her anymore. Uh, Meanwhile, the Mick is just fucking laying pipe. He's getting blowjobs in the bleachers <laughs> while Joe DiMaggio is batting. Just being a sad sack, wishing Monroe was there. Reportedly, spent the rest of his life trying to bang girls that look remotely like Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> oh, man. All right, should we move on? Meme stock market? Yep, let's wrap up. We got a couple of these. Okay, so I guess the first one that we wanted to talk about, there was a young thug who was a little dirk. Uh, I honestly don't know who was in the picture. As some other thug. rapper. And it's basically, you might have seen it, young thug is showing the other rapper, I think it's a little dirk, how to uh, do something on a computer. And they're both staring very intently. And he's young thug's got these like, Fucking glasses that just make him look like pseudo professional, but they're like glasses a rapper would wear, you know, they're like rimless and all that kind of shit. And he's just young thug is obviously an eccentric ass looking guy, long dreads covered in tattoos, face piercings. Uh, He's wearing a denim jacket and they're both staring intently at it. And it was getting the meme treatment all over the internet. Basically some of them were like, when my homie asked me to proofread his essay and I know he's going to get an A. <laughs> or like another one, it's like when my coworker asked me for help on his work papers. On his, on his Excel. Yeah. <laughs> Double checking the Excel. Yeah. So it was pretty, it was pretty good. I don't know. You, you got any, uh, any good ones that you could add that you could think right off the top of your head to that one? Those are the main ones I saw was the XL and like mm-hmm. just double checking shit. I'm trying to, I was trying to create, I was trying to think of a creative meme for this one. I feel like most of them are related to like work kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure how long this, this meme will be around for. I, Maybe I think this week was probably the main, the main time you're going to see it, but mm-hmm. we, had some, we had some fun with it this week. That was deep for what it was quick, uh, make a quick buck on it. Don't hold it long term. Yeah. I saw a couple other ones where it was like, like when a natural disaster is about to hit. And it's, sir, you're going to want to take a look at this. <laughs> That's not bad. So what else we got for meme stock market? We're already at like an hour 45. Uh, so the last one, we'll, we'll hit this pretty quick. Uh, a little throwback to, uh, if you remember, Barbecue Becky. We have our successor this week, uh, Permit Patty. We have a young eight-year-old black child uh, selling waters on a city street. And this lady uh, decided to call the cops on her, saying that you need a permit to be selling waters. Um, just kind of a kind of a shit look, honestly. This kid's trying to make a buck. The people are saying, "Would you would you call call uh, call the cops on some kid trying to do a lemonade stand?" Well, Tommy and Susie in their after church, those little white kids selling lemonade. No way in hell that she'd call that. So that as the the lady, uh, lady starts filming Permit Patty. Mm-hmm. She attempts to hide behind a, uh, a, a wall. staircase, a yeah. wall of staircase of some sort, and uh, uh, the videotaper just walked five more feet and daughter <laughs> wasn't able to hide it from that. So Permit Patty looking like a bitch, looking like a heartless uh, 
This objectively is significantly worse than Barbecue Becky, I would say. Like, I mean, come on. Like, an eight-year-old just like, yeah, this is just one of those things for fun. She's selling bottled water out on the street. Who Something some that kids do, you know? Yeah. It'd be, who, it'd be uh, different from some, like, I don't know, 25-year-old, like, tatted up person or some some no good nick who's doing this who's uh, just bothering people versus yeah. a little kid just you know yeah just doing yeah. little kid stuff just trying to make a couple dollars to you know go down to the store and get a candy bar or whatever you know like no harm no foul come on like i bet you this i have no idea if this lady had kids hopefully not we don't need more little permit patties walking around <laughs> um but uh come on well, entrepreneurship never hurt anybody permit yeah patty. Worse look than Barbecue Becky. She does not have as memeable of a face, though, so I feel like this is going to be glossed over a little quicker. Yeah, I, I totally agree. What made the what made Barbecue Becky stick was just that. The sunglasses. That <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the fact she looked like a dude. Yeah, that, also that. All right, well, that's about all we got in terms of, uh, in terms of memes. So I think we'll, uh, we'll put a bow on it for this week. Yeah, just reminders. Interns. Hit us up. We'd love to have someone edit and uh, do all the production for our podcast. It would be a great experience. Uh, you got some natural leaders in the four of us. You know, we'd we'd sign some. We'd write up some glowing letters of recommendation uh, in the future. And t-shirts. We're looking to lock those in this week. We'll probably order extras, but please let us know if you want one in advance. And so we know have a better ballpark to buy and that we can make sure we get the right size for you. Um, so uh, we'll probably tweet out an image of the picture once we get it or of the t-shirt once we get it locked in. So be on the lookout for that at four sheets pod four is spelled out F O W F O W F O U R F O W R power sheets to the wind. Short sheets, pilot. <laughs> All right. Good night, everyone. Watch the finale of Westworld tonight or last night if you're listening to this on Monday. Uh, hopefully, it's a good one. If we're, if we're plugging shows, I'm recommending Succession. It's a new HBO oh, drama. I've actually Fantastic. watched all Fantastic. three episodes so far. Oh, stupendous. I, I'm, I'm, it's just the kind of show that I, I personally love. It's nice. It's, it takes- it's more comedic than I anticipated. No, I agree. I agree. Those the two brothers have a good comedic chemistry together. I like McCoy the Cole I like the cousin. And... I like the cousin Greg. <laughs> so definitely check that out. If you're looking for a new show, very easy to understand. I think it takes place in modern times. So as someone who struggles with uh, with shows like Game of Thrones, I definitely could not recommend Succession more. Yeah, not a lot to keep track of. You know, it's not it's not a ten out of ten, but it's entertaining. Definitely recommend checking it out. At least it could get better. Uh, how many shows are perfect through only three episodes? So, not, not many, but exactly. Check it out. Check it out. Uh, All right. Good night. Thank you. Thank you.